Welcome to episode 84 of the Set in the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Forvert. Say what's up to people, Chuck. What's up? What's up? Uh, yeah, no excuses. I don't know. We just missed it the uh, last two weeks. But we're back. Uh, episode 84 with week nine picks. Uh, this season has been... I feel like the season started off kind of hot, but last week was a little bit boring. But the Browns gave us the entertainment we needed by firing their head coach and their offensive coordinator on the same day, six days before they have a game, uh, leaving them in a position where they have to replace their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator because Greg Williams is now taking over as the interim head coach, which is kind of a shame because... Al Saunders was supposed to be the guy, and he's super-duper old, and we had a lot of Al Saunders jokes, but uh, it's not going to be the case. So many. So many. He was born before the Cold War, which is still the most astonishing one, I think. That and then Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 when he was in high school. Those are the two that I found that I was like, God damn, really? He was 51 when uh, they started broadcasting the first downline. He's old. Very old. Very old. Um, Freddie Kitchens has been named offensive coordinator. He was a running backs coach for Arizona last year. And at, at this point, they still don't have a defensive coordinator at the time of the recording. But goddamn, man. Um, how have you been? Have you been tracking your picks at all that you've been making here? No, only the ones that I've been making for work. How are you doing there? Uh, last time I checked, I was in the top 30 for writers nationwide. Out nice. of like 150. I'm doing crazy picking bets against the spread for uh, Quiet Edge right now. I'm hitting like 65%, which is like fucking insane. Um, yeah. Regression. So I'm, I'm, yeah, that, I, was, I was in our group <laughs> chat. I was like, I'm either magic now or like regression is going to hit me like a brick wall the second half of the season. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But hopefully, crossing my fingers, I mean, stick to the process. Um, should we talk? I mean, the Monday night game is going to be over by the time everyone listens to this, right? Yeah. Monday don't, I mean, and, uh, if if uh, you're watching the Monday night game and you're listening to this after, I know it's going to be bad, so just sorry for what you just watched. Uh, the Bills should not ever be on primetime. Derek Anderson is not any good. It's like the worst passing offense ever, the worst offense ever. And, uh, you know, we should just start grilling the NFL a little bit harder about not being able to flex these games or just thinking that every team in the league deserves a shot on primetime. That's just not the case. You got to earn that right. Um, After tonight. Derek Anderson will have played Tom Brady as often as Aaron Rodgers has. That's that's bad. That's a problem for the league, I think. Um, Derek Anderson actually might have played more because he played in Cleveland and stuff. I'm not going to look it up, though. not going to waste my time on that. All right, Thursday night, Oakland Raiders against the San Francisco 49ers. I think combined they have two wins. Um, awful teams. Uh, probably bottom five teams. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts here? The San Francisco 49ers are three point home favorites. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I will say this. If the 49ers can do what they did to the Packers a few weeks ago, at least on offense, I don't see why they couldn't do this to the Raiders. Cause I mean, the Raiders have one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, but at the same time, like you're just kind of counting on CJ Beathard to be somewhat decent and he's not uh i don't i don't know like this game just doesn't interest me in the slightest i i really have no real takes on this game but i guess i'll roll with the 49ers just because they're the home team yeah my my thing is like in terms of like what's going to be on the field the oakland offense like even without amari cooper is probably the best unit that's going to be on the field so they probably should like san francisco probably shouldn't be three-point favorites here mind you san francisco lost twice to arizona and arizona might finish two and 14 like that's not totally out of the realm of possibility at this point um just an awful game really bad (laughs) don't 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 watch this like at this point in the season none of these players should even be on your fantasy team unless you play in like an awful league like we do um just there's there's no point in this don't do it yeah uh I, I really just don't know what there is to say about this game. So let's just stop talking about it. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> this, that, this is like a draft pick game, and it's week nine. This is awful. It's not, not good at all. Someone's going to write a piece this week about like how one of these teams should just like 
tank, you know, just like take yeah. take an automatic safety. Um, just awful. All right, morning games. Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Lions just got smoked at home against the Seattle Seahawks, who are kind of underrated right now. And Minnesota shot themselves on foot several times with the bazooka uh, against New Orleans Saints on Sunday night. The Minnesota Vikings are four-and-a-half-point home favorites. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I like the Vikings there because I think we, if you look back at that Saints game uh, last night or on Sunday night, even though it was a 10-point victory for the Saints, like that game was decided on two plays, really. Right. If you if you look at the fumble that Adam Thielen had, the, the, the Vikings, they were driving there, and they were in the red zone, and they fumbled the ball. Lattimore picks it up, brings it back 54 yards, plus you get the 15-yard penalty by Laquan Treadwell, the unnecessary roughness. So that's like a 69-yard swing on one play. And then, you know, when you have Drew Brees on Kamari, it took them two plays to punch into the end zone. So that got them up. And then, obviously, the pick six kind of put it out of reach. But outside of that, you know, I don't think there was too much separating New Orleans from Minnesota in that game. It was just kind of Minnesota had two really bad plays, and football is so random that those bad plays can end up screwing you the game. But when you look at Minnesota versus Detroit, I <laughs> – I, I think Minnesota is a lot better than Detroit. Uh, I, I don't think Detroit's very good at all. Matthew Stafford had another one of those games where he threw for he threw for 310 yards on about eight yards to pass, but they only scored 14 points. It's just like another big, empty statistical game. But then you kind of look at, oh, wait, there was a fumble for Matthew Stafford, and those kind of usually tell the story of quarterbacks that have big games, but they don't score a lot of points. Like Those, those turnovers can right. be huge, so... I'm going to roll with the Vikings just because they're the better all-around team. And I I would expect that Kirk Cousins and uh, Flint can get this offense back on track versus a Detroit defense that's not very good at all. Yeah, for for a 4-3-1, and one, I think that's the Vikings' record right now. For a 4-3-1 and one team, I think the Vikings are probably underrated. Like you said, like that, that New Orleans game, I mean, there was a one play that realistically was a 10-14 to 14 point swing like alone, right? Not including the pick six too. So, right. Cuz they were yeah, up thir- they were up 13 to 10 in scoring range. Like they if they had scored a touchdown there, they Right. It, it looked it looked like they were going to put it away. You know what that kind of reminded me of? Um I was we were in Vegas with AP and Eric a few years ago and we had money on the Jacksonville Atlanta game. Do you remember this game? It must have oh, been yeah. like 2015, 2014. Yeah, this is 2015. We're, yeah, where Blake was driving right before the first half ended, and then he threw a pick six, and that legitimately was like a fourteen point swing, and they wanted to, you know, kill me and bury me in Vegas at that point. So, yeah, awful, I remember awful, that play awful, awful, because uh, Kamal Ish, because that was I remember that game because that was the last game that Kamal Ishmael played at safety because he picked off that pass, and they and he ran probably like eighty yards down the field before Borlas hawked him, and. So that was like the 15th game of that season. And then the next season, they had moved him to weak side linebacker. So I always thought that that was kind of funny. Like the last pl- the last real play he made at safety got hawked by Blake Bortles on an interception return. <laughs> oh, God. Football's so stupid, man. I can't believe. I can't yep. believe you can deal with this shit. Um, all right. So we're going to move on from that game. You're picking Minnesota. Uh, as we mentioned before, Kansas City Chiefs are going to play against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Kansas City's an eight and a half point road favorite here. Cleveland still hasn't named a defensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator coordinators never called plays before. Um, their head coach hasn't been a head coach in like, I guess he was the interim coach when he got he he got ended up getting suspended, right? Was uh, it? yeah. So there was that. Oh my god, there's just a lot of turnover here, man. Yeah, and you know what's funny about the Browns is so they don't have a head like like we said like they're going through a lot of turnover in. The coaching staff department. Here is how the Browns close the season. Versus Chiefs. Versus Falcons. At Bengals. At Texans. Versus Panthers. At Broncos. Versus Bengals. At Ravens. Uh, wow. Like, I Not mean, great. That, that's a sledgehammer, man. That, that's that's a very brutal sledge scratch. I mean, would, would you be surprised if they lost every single one of those games? No, they haven't won on a Sunday in three years. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised by anything. What are you talking about? Um, Cleveland right now. So you guys know we care about NEA value. 
we think that that's pretty much, you know, decent barometer. Use your eyes, but in terms of like, hey, maybe you should be paying attention to how good or bad these teams are. I think it does a pretty good job of signaling who you should be on the watch for. Um, Cleveland's passing offense, guess where it ranks right now? Uh, I think they're 30th, right? 30th. 30th. And, like, the gap between 29 and 30 is, like, double. So it's, like, by far the worst passing offenses in the league right now are Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo. Um, so... And it, it's funny because Yikes. when when Baker took over, it looked like okay, wow, like they have a they have a passing game now. Nope, 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 nope. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> they are still in like an absolutely atrocious passing offense. And honestly, like I know that there's a lot going around where yeah, they can't block and the receivers are just nobodies. But I, like Baker, he's he's kind of regressed a little bit since that Jets game, but. Still, for the long term, you gotta be pretty excited about the Browns. I mean, I mean about the quarterback situation with the Browns, not the Browns as a whole. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say for the Browns. I'm yeah, like, not, not for the Browns. Rookie, a left tackle, still. Jarvis Landry just got like four yards per catch last game. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they almost Landry... made me say sorry about Jarvis Landry. I'm sorry for nothing, for absolutely yeah. nothing. He's a running He's... back playing wide receiver. It's crazy when you watch Landry. <laughs> Expensive Duke Johnson, my goodness. right, because he can't get open deep. I mean, even uh, the Bucks corners like Carlton Davis, who's, who has been not any good this season, even when, when Landry is running a route like past 10 yards down the field, he's got guys that aren't even good just stuck into his back pocket. So that contract looked kind of crazy. And I think if you just look at him uh, at a yards per target basis, I know last week he was like under three yards per target and for the season. He's got 94 targets and 528 yards, which puts him at 5.6 yards per target, which is uh, like you might as well just hand the ball. He might as well hand the ball off to Nick Chubb instead of throw a pass. You know who doesn't miss him? Miami, and that's a massive concern. When you get waxed by Tannenbaum, yeah, it's just I don't I don't think that. I don't think that he's as bad as as maybe he's he's not as bad as we thought he was in Miami, but still like that contract sucks for the production you're getting out of him. And I, I just don't think that he and Baker are as good as a fit as I thought they were going to be. Because I I thought that well I also thought that this team was going to have Josh Gordon, so I thought like, oh you know Landry is the number two and Gordon on the outside like that's something you can work with. But with Landry as like by far your best receiver and a bunch of UDFAs and Antonio Callaway playing without hands every week. It, it's kind of <laughs> hard to get this passing game going. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. We've we've talked about. I don't know if we talked about here, but we talked about it in our group chat. That like Njoku, you know, is going through some rough stretches and stuff too. So, um, just in general, this offense is not good. Hashtag not good. Um, nope. do, do we want to talk about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in the AFC? At all in this matchup, we just want to dunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to talk about the fun team with the MVP candidate or no? Nah? Yeah, let's talk about them for a second. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is like absurd. <laughs> is it? Is this like the best starting season? This has to be the best starting season in NFL history. Like the first time you're starting a season, uh, he's on pace for. Uh, depend. It depends how much you value interceptions because he's throwing six in the last four. But yeah, the, the first, mean, the first couple on... games, it was for sure. He's still on pace for 52 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So, like, and I, I'm I'm sure that interception pace might pick up a little bit, but still, like, even in the games that he's throwing interceptions outside of the Jacksonville game, uh, so versus the Chiefs, I mean versus the Patriots, he threw two picks, four touchdowns. Versus the Bengals, he threw a pick, four touchdowns. Versus the Broncos, he threw a pick with four touchdowns. Like, he's he's outweighing the interceptions. I feel like with the other things that he provides to the field. So I don't, I don't really he's, know. He's, do, he's doing, he's doing well. It's like really, if you look at like any a value and stuff like that, the most valuable quarterbacks by far, are like him and Goff, and then like a small tier rivers, Ryan, and then a pretty big tier from between those four and like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So we're going to tease, or I, I'm going to tease the, the chiefs down the two and I'll find something else, but like if if you could, we we all expect the Chiefs to win this game pretty handily, and if you can find uh, another game that you want to tease it with, like get that Chiefs score down to them being favored by two and pair with something else. So 
we'll find that as we move on throughout the episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game. This one could decide the AFC North because the AFC North is super weird this year. Uh, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore is a three-point home favorite. Baltimore, after me building up their defense for a, a, like two weeks on Twitter, just completely folded against the Carolina Panthers, and Joe Flacco had an awful game. Yeah, I I, I knew they were going to have a game like where they slip up eventually just because like, defense is super volatile, but I did not expect it to be that game versus Carolina. Like I, I thought that that would be a, a, an offense they'd be pretty well equipped to handle, but no, they got absolutely trounced by the Panthers' offense. Uh, Cam Newton had a big day. He had two touchdowns through the air, another touchdown on the ground. Like Just a really super uh, efficient day for him. Like you said, Joe Flacco was terrible. Uh, I really do wish that we could see Lamar Jackson play because just when you look at what the other rookie quarterbacks are doing statistically, like there's no reason to me that he couldn't at least at least match what they've done so far, you know? Yeah, the rookie quarterbacks are really bad, though. Um, right, I know. Fair, I just I just wrote about, on Optimus Scouting, I wrote about why we really shouldn't panic about rookie quarterbacks. Um, basically, like 5% of rookie quarterbacks uh, both throw 150 passes and are, like, difference makers, at least first-round picks, um, since the merger. So it's like expecting rookie quarterbacks to do anything well. Um, you're fucking up. You have bad expectations, basically. Um, this year, I think the quarterbacks are 27 touchdowns, 27 interceptions, the uh, first rounders at least. So, yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, Lamar is like by far the most efficient passer, but, you know, his his reps right now aren't like starting reps. You know what I yeah, mean? I don't it, think they're really it's comparable. Like, it's not real football, what, what Lamar right. is playing, uh, which is kind of. I, I, I do enjoy that, uh, Jesus Christ, there was one play where he came in on like a second and 17, and they brought him in. For one play, mind you, one one single play. It was like at midfield, and it was like a pistol handoff. I mean, they like, didn't. They why, got the. Did they, they get the first that? down? No, it was, was like second oh. and seventeen. They I thought got like they, five, a five yard gain to make it like third and twelve. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game, but there was one game this year where they put him in like randomly, and I think it was the first Tennessee. Like they randomly put him in uh, on like a second and long, and he got like twenty yards. Uh, but yeah, free Lamar. He doesn't deserve this. He deserves a real shot to play. But back to the Ravens defense. I'm not really even sure what happened there because it felt like such an outlier performance for them. I mean, they, Carolina just had guys running wide open. Uh, obviously, DJ Moore caught like a bounce pass fumble and like ended up getting like 25 on it. Yeah, it was just kind of a weird game for them. Uh, but this week, I I kind of expect them to get this back on track just because it's such a familiar opponent. And they already did go to Pittsburgh and completely shit on that offense earlier this year. So I, I think that they could do it again. Baltimore might be one of those teams where, like, mobile quarterback, like, they, they just kind of – I don't really know how to describe it, but it's kind of like Saban where you just play such disciplined sound football and then you get a mobile quarterback who just come in and fuck everything up for you a little bit. And that it's kind of felt like what happened on Sunday versus Carolina. So – I think that they'll be straight moving forward, and I do think that, that they should have an easier time versus Steelers' offense and the Panthers' offense, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, and if you're still into fading Ben Roethlisberger on the road, hey, this is a spot to do it, because Baltimore still has, even after their performance, they have the most valuable defense in football. So Yeah. Uh, Not that that means that much, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but they do have the best defense. It's like them, Cleveland, and Seattle by a pretty good margin. Yeah, and even with, with Cleveland, I don't even know how much their defense matters at this point. You know, it, oh, I like, mean, with that offense, I mean they're not winning games because of that defense, right? Uh, so you're wait, still going to lose the field position battle because of that offense. So it doesn't really matter. What was the spread um, here again? Baltimore minus three. Yeah, I'm gonna roll Baltimore. Uh, even though Pittsburgh has a better record, I I, I still think Baltimore is the better team. Uh, and like I said earlier, like this defense matches up pretty well against their offense and uh, just going to roll with the roll with the Ravens at home. All righty. Perfect. Uh, next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick's Tampa Bay Buccaneers at <laughs> Carolina. Uh, the most efficient passer in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick, mind you. Um, at Carolina, the Carolina Panthers are six and a half point favorites at home. Um, Carolina just keeps winning games, man. I really don't know how to explain it other than that. They've won a lot of close games at the beginning of the year. 
I feel like that Baltimore game was kind of a statement game. They're in a spot right now where, like, realistically, you have to consider them as, like, the, you know, clubhouse leader for the five seed in the NFC, right? Um, while the rest of the NFC is cannibalizing themselves, Carolina's kind of built up enough of a buffer where they're, you know, big-time favorites there. So, that this is going to be a playoff team. I'm not sure if we expected that coming into the season, you know, even though they made the playoffs last year. But that's kind of where it stands is at this point. Yeah, Fitzpatrick just – well, you know, we'll take him with the Panthers real quick. I, I, this is kind of like what they've been since Cam Newton got there where – it, it never, it never really looks great. But then you look up and like, oh, there's Carolina. They're ten and six. They're eleven and five in the playoffs every single year. Just about. Uh, and I really, I don't really know what that is. Uh, maybe it's just kind of like having a dope quarterback helps you pull out games at the end. Or I, I don't. Like, I, there's probably like a deeper study there for Carolina. But I, I guess the you know the big story with this game is now we're back on the Fitz Magic train. Because Jameis Winston came in there. Hell yeah, we are. Jameis Winston, he came in there, and, like, if you told me that this person, if you told me that, like, Tampa Bay just pulled a random blind person out the stands and put them on the field, uh, yeah, I, I could buy that. I mean, some of those interceptions, or really all of all of the interceptions that he threw were just completely atrocious, where he threw a right to the defensive back. And then Fitzpatrick came in. And on 15 passes, he threw uh, 194 yards, which is 13 yards in attempt, and two touchdowns, which is act- which you know, which keeps pushing him higher up uh, in terms of adjusting the yards per attempt. Like just he's just having an insane year. So I imagine that Winston is probably done in Tampa Bay for the rest of the season, and they're just going to roll with Fitzpatrick because uh, even, even... they they just they just announced that Fitzpatrick's starting. Okay, if that if that matters. So, but even then, moving forward past this season, like if 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 James can get through this the season without getting hurt, then I feel like it makes it a pretty easy case for Tampa Bay to just cut ties with him and move on, right? Yeah, because I think what next year's his fifth year option. Yeah, um, and if he gets, so if they, he don't gets... Have, they don't have to tag him or anything. I mean, Nike's already stepped away as like a sponsor and stuff like that. There's so much going on with James that it, at some point the risk reward is just kind of like you know. Is it worth it when the quarterback market isn't going to be super competitive next year? Like, other than, like, if the Giants want to move on, right? If Oakland wants to move on. Plus, like, you know, is swapping Jameis for, like, Derek Carr even a negative, right? Like, all these – there's going to be – there's enough quarterbacks now to match the seats. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. you can kind of be a little bit picky. Um, If nothing else, I mean, goddamn, do not pay Jameis Winston that – the money that it will cost to give him that fifth year option, especially when he's being outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And just looking at where like the contract situation, at least if Jameis gets hurt, then all that money is guaranteed. So uh, yeah. I think it, it makes sense for the bucks. to just kind of <laughs> sit practice sit. squads. He's going to be practice squad safety, like Robert Griffin at the end of the Redskins contract. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and you got to remember Jameis isn't a guy that the Buccaneers have had total confidence in even after drafting him first overall if you go back and remember uh, when Mike Glennon signed that contract with the Chicago Bears uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were fully prepared to give him like eight million dollars a year to be a backup quarterback a backup quarterback mm-hmm. that's crazy crazy money so Tampa, Tampa's always kind of been looking for uh, you know a little bit of a safety net behind Jameis Winston I mean they're paying Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot of money to be a veteran backup so it, it shouldn't be surprising if they you know completely cut ties so what's the uh, what's the spread here on this game? Six and a half for Carolina. Yep. Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna roll Tampa Bay. Uh, it's a lot of points, right? Yeah, it's a lot of points. And just you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the most valuable passer in <laughs> the 2018 NFL season, and, and it's not. And you know, Carolina's pass defense, like number wise, they're good, but I, I do think that their team, like against a team like the Bucks that do have a lot of receiving talent, like Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, all those guys, those are guys that can cause matchup problems for Carolina. Uh, so I think I'm going to roll with the Bucks and uh, slinging, uh, gunslinging Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, Carolina, please put your speed receivers on the field for this game because they could be wide open. You don't like Devin Funches and Torrey Smith in the open field is probably not what you want. Right. Like, I, I don't understand what they're doing with Curtis Samuel, but like 
Curtis Samuel could easily come out and have like four catches for 120 yards in this game just because Tampa Bay can't cover on the back end. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a, a wheel route is definitely going to go for like 80 yards in this game for sure. Go back and if anyone wants to see how bad Tampa's um, defense is, just watch the Chicago game. That's probably the most embarrassing performance by a defense yeah. uh, so far this year. You know, just considering the fact that like Mitch Trubisky literally can't complete any deep passes against any other team, and he's just you know throwing layups against Tampa. It was funny because uh, <laughs> last week versus the Browns, there were people when the Bucks were playing the Browns, people were like, "Oh, you see, Tampa Bay, they actually do have a talented defense." It was just Mike Smith. Uh, holding this team Mm-mm. back. No, 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 no. That's uh, <laughs> actually the Browns just really fucking suck. And now that they played a real team again, Andy Dalton lit them the fuck up. Joe Mixon went the fuck off. Like this defense is not very talented. They have almost no talent in their secondary. Uh, they they've, draft- they've bombed on a lot of draft picks in the secondary, which hurts because yeah. I think those are like three year commitments and that are you know already hurting them very badly. You know. Yeah, very hard reeves. I don't even know if he's playing for them, honestly. Uh, yeah, he he's been a bust. Carl Davis can't play. Uh, Ryan Smith, that defensive back they drafted last year from one of those uh, North Carolina schools, he's been a disaster too. So like you've missed on a lot of draft picks. So it's not really surprising that they can't defend the pass. But uh, you know, Carolina. The other, the other thing, definitely capitalize. Remember, remember this off season when we were like Tampa spent a ton of money and draft picks on eight defensive linemen. And I don't know if any of them are game changers, right? Mm-hmm. That was our whole thing with Tampa's defensive line. Uh, it turns that... out on October 29th, none of them are really game changers. Like, JPP is probably the best guy other than, you know, McCoy. Yeah, and the thing with Tampa Bay's defense, defensive line is my whole it, – it's like you said. The whole thing with them coming to the offseason was, yeah, they're better, but are they actually good? And – uh they're 24th in sack percentage. I guess that's an improvement. That's being dead last a year ago. So uh, congrats on that. But it's it's still not not a defensive line that scares you in, in any way. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing that this year. Don't draft a nose tackle in the top 12 when you can't cover anybody in the back end. Just, Just don't, don't draft a nose tackle, like, top 100. I feel like everything – like, we have two data points on, like, nose tackles mattering. It's like Don Terry Poe who, like, lasted five years before his body gave up on him. And then, shouts to Don Terry Poe, who got, I think he got a personal foul last game for, like, a sideline warning or something. Um, and then also, shouts to Haloti Nada, who was drafted in, like, 2006. Like, those are the only data points that we have on, like, nose tackles mattering that high of a draft. Um, let's move on to an awful game, the New York Jets against the, the uh, Miami Dolphins. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill is still out for this game. So it's Sam Darnold against Brock Osweiler. The uh, Miami Dolphins are three-point home favorites. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin to my head, and let's just roll the Jets plus three. I mean, what what takes do there need to be have on this game? The Jets' offense sucks. Uh, the Dolphins stink, and they're not an interesting team. That's all I got. There we go. Uh, <laughs> we, thought, we, we thought Miami's defense was sneaky good after three weeks. Um but, Every week since then has proven us wrong. Yeah, it turns out that it's hard to uh, sustain pass defense when you can't rush the passer. So, mm, not great. I think Cam Wiggs playing like forty percent of snaps. And, and you know what's like so that. funny? Like if you look at <laughs> how much stock have you are you putting into that ESPN like pass rush win rate stat? Because I personally don't think it means anything. I I, ha- I haven't looked at it. Um, I've seen it tweeted out a couple of times. I know. So I've really only seen it for, like, defensive tackles. Um, but the defensive tackles, I mean, it kind of matches up with the eye test. I, you know, Aaron Donald was super high, um, higher than everyone else. And then it was, you know, your usual suspects, Gerald Casey, Mike Daniels. Grady, Grady Jarrett like was on there, that. too. Yeah, so I, I haven't really paid that much attention to it. What, what do you think about it? Uh, it lost me when it said the Falcons are a top-ten pass rushing team. Huh. Really, really now. <laughs> yeah, and like they I have I, three at any given point, the Falcons have three liabilities on their defensive line. <laughs> and then like it, I think it, it had it had was it top ten in a way where it's like only nine teams matter because that kind of happens with a lot of stats, right? Like we see this with the AYA value, and that's why we wanted to put 
a yard number, right? Instead of just ranking on a lot of our stats that we do, because like it, I don't like defense, right? Like three defenses matter. The number four defense in the NFL right now is really not that different from like the number twenty four defense. So I don't know. Is but- it is it top ten in that way or? Where they like, no, this is meaningful. I don't remember, but it also had Robert Quinn as far and away the best pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, the best edge rusher in the NFL, which is like, come on, I, I, I don't. Uh, and it, I think, I think what that thing is is, or the question there is like, are you counting a pressure the same way that we would count a pressure? Because I think that that's a different, a, a different definition for every person you go through. Because I don't know, like, there's some things that people count as a pressure where I would just be like that. He got. Like you got you got close to the offensive line, you got close to the quarterback, but like you didn't pressure him. You know, you just kind of got near him, but it didn't affect the throw. I don't I don't really count those as pressures. But like like I said, the the Dolphins they're bottom five in sack percentage, but somehow they have the best pass rusher in football and Robert Quinn and and Cam Wake was also in the top ten on that thing too. So I don't know. I, I just I know I guess you haven't looked at it too much, but it's just kind of a, a weird stat that is hard to quantify with just pad like the the stuff that they use in the pads that track how close players are to each other stuff like that i think it's kind of hard to track pressures that way it's more like an eyeball thing to me but i could just be an old football fart in that way we're spending way too much time talking about these awful teams miami's somehow in the playoff race which is goddamn it's disgusting i really hope they don't make the playoffs me too i hope i hope i don't get to see brock osweiler in the playoff game so uh what's the next game all right, no pick. That's perfect. No, I, I said I think I said Jets plus three because I flipped the oh, point. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. All right, Atlanta at Washington. Uh, the Washington Redskins are one and a half point favorites. This opened at three, so you know money's coming in on Atlanta. Yeah, I like Washington to win this game uh, mainly because after a buy, Atlanta after a buy. Yeah, I know. I uh, I just don't see how Atlanta is going to block. Washington's front. I mean, Atlanta has easily one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, Ryan Schrader has completely fallen off a cliff. Alex Mack, he started the season pretty awful. He's getting a little bit back. Well, he's getting better over the past few weeks. But, like, right tackle in both guard spots are not great for Atlanta. Jake Matthews has been, like, the only consistently good player for them up front. And just when you look at what happened last week, I think just – I know name brand-wise it doesn't seem this way, but performance-wise – the Falcons and the Giants have pretty similar offensive lines. And uh, I I am very confident in the fact that Atlanta is not winning a game versus a team that just had uh, seven sacks and ten tackles for losses last week and also another ten quarterback hits. Like, I, I don't see how Atlanta keeps things out of the backfield. And I know they won't be able to run the ball just because they haven't been able to run the ball all season. So I guess it's just going to have to be up to Matt Ryan to make things happen while – his face is being torn apart by Washington's defensive line. Uh, and I, I just don't know how much confidence there is to have in that. And also, you come back on the flip side, and uh, it's not like Atlanta's defense is any good. They're terrible, too, even though they, they did slow down Very Saquon. Bad. Yeah, they slowed down Very Saquon bad. Barkley last week, but uh, they're still still a pretty bad off, uh, still a pretty bad defense, and I, I don't feel comfortable with them going against guys like I, I expect Chris Thompson to eat. I expect Jordan Reed to eat. Vernon Davis to go off. Adrian Peterson have a big, big game. I, I just think when you look at how how bad Atlanta's defense is and how outmatched they'll be in the trenches versus Washington, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington on this one. That makes sense. Um, do you want to guess where where AYA value has these teams ranked when you include offense and defense? I. Let's guess Atlanta first. Guess where Atlanta is. I'm going to guess Atlanta. They didn't play last week, so I know the value probably hurt them a little bit. But I'm going to go with top 10. They're 10th. 10th on the dot. Um, do you know where Washington is? Uh, 16? Because I know. 13. Al- okay. 13. I know so they're, they're, basic, they're basically, like, there's not that much of a difference. Stylistically, they're very different teams, right? Atlanta's really good at. Passing offense, really bad at passing defense. Uh, the Redskins are average on offense, and they're pretty good on defense. But they basically even out to be around the same team. So probably a value spot, um, minus one and a half here. I think, you know, Atlanta coming off of bye probably has something to play with this. But I don't know. We'll see. 
Yeah, I, I just I just don't trust Atlanta's offensive line, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I could I could tell their offensive line is bad because there was a Sunday probably two three weeks ago where you texted me and you were like, "Hey, can we get out of this contract?" <laughs> I was like, oh, holy shit! It's like halfway through the second quarter, and you're texting me about like contract right, issues for the Ryan. Because the thing is, we contact. yeah, the Ryan Trader deal. Because we've talked about the Ryan Trader deal, and then you've talked to me about how can we trade Devonta Freeman? Like <laughs> at least five five different conversations this year about how can we trade Devonta Freeman? He's the third best running back on this team. How do we get out of this contract? And I was just like, you gave him guaranteed money. I don't know what you can't even like. You can't even do the Bortles thing. Where like if, if Jacksonville can trade away Bortles, at least they can get rid of the guaranteed con like guaranteed money Devonta Freeman you're locked in and you're just trying to create some fantasy where he he gets his way out of Atlanta literally every every Sunday me it's me and Parsons when we're watching the Falcons game our entire text convo is we got to cut this guy 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 because you know you know I don't know I, I feel like most Falcons fans are in the same boat like when you get so close to winning the Super Bowl like you just got to get back there you know like you have to and uh they aren't really that close with the way that uh, things are currently set up for them. So, as but, a as a Packers fan, I have no idea how you feel. <laughs> um, Chicago Bears at Buffalo Bills. The line isn't up on this game, but I'm pretty sure Josh Allen is out. I think the line isn't up on this game because Buffalo hasn't played yet. They don't know how awful Buffalo is going to be on Monday night. Yes, they have do. the Patriots line up. I don't know. That that seems weird to me. Um, either way, Chicago at Buffalo, no line. Do you have? Any thoughts on this? Mind you, Chicago is very much in the playoff race at this point. Uh, fuck the Bills. That's all I got. All right, perfect. There's going to be some bad quarterback play in this game, yeah. especially considering both of these defenses are pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo's probably going to get lit up by the Patriots and make me look stupid after this podcast gets posted, but um, pretty good defenses on both ends, in my opinion. So bad quarterbacks, good defenses, not going to be really watchable. Uh, afternoon games. Houston at Denver. I want you to guess what this line is. Houston at Denver. Mm. Denver just lost to Kansas City, and Houston. Denver's just... like one and five since opening back-to-back games at home. Okay, which, I'm gonna, is, which I'm are gonna, fake games. I'm going to guess Houston's favored by five. Denver's favored by two and a half. Oh wow. I was way off there. Buddy, I looked at this line. I look I can't I'm not supposed to give my picks out on this podcast, but I'm going to here. I looked at this line and it was like a vulture, you know, just circling around. This line is messed up by like a full touchdown. Denver's not any good. No. Houston's won like five straight. Yeah, and I mean, it's and they're coming off of extended rest, and their offense and defense is both playing above average now. Yep. Also, if you just look at expected points on uh, on Pro Football Reference, Houston Texans are second to the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I don't know, this defense has really, really turned things around from the start of the season. JJ Watt getting back to form probably has a lot to do with that. I mean, he's kicking ass again. Uh, But yeah, wow. Uh, I mean the. The Broncos—they got blown out by the Jets. What? They're not—they're not good. So I think we talked—we talked about this at the beginning of the season, right? But that two and zero start that they get every year because they've opened up back to back at home at that elevation for three straight years sets it like brainwashes people. Like people don't understand that it's not data that you can use moving forward. You know. So what we should be looking at is the one and five or whatever since then. But people just see three and. Three and five or whatever it is, three and four. You know where uh, Houston is for AYA value? Uh, I think they're in the top. I mean, they're above Atlanta, right? Yeah, they're six now, which is like that team started off zero and three, and now they're the sixth most valuable team in the league. Oh. That's a they've been really good in the past couple of weeks. They're kind of on uh, similar to like what New Orleans did last year. You know? Yeah. Yep. They saw off 0-2 and then ripped off a bunch of wins. Yeah. So I, I just don't – I don't get this line at all. Houston off of extended rest is a half point better than Denver on a neutral field. Doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pair this with the KCTs and take Houston at plus 8.5 and then right. KC at minus 2. I think that makes sense. All right. Go for it, little AFCTs. 
Um, next afternoon game, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are uh, one-and-a-half to one-point home favorites here. Like we said, Seattle, you know, pretty big statement game last week against um, uh, the Detroit Lions. Chargers off a extended rest after playing that London game. What are your thoughts here? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I I think the Seahawks. I mean, this is like sneakily a great game. Uh, Very much so. Both yeah. of these teams, the numbers would say they're you know borderline top five teams, both of them. Yeah. So I think. Uh, what did you say the spread was again? Seattle minus one, one and a half. I guess. Varies. I guess it just kind of. I mean, these teams are so even. Uh, but I th- I think I'm gonna roll with Seattle at home. I don't know, but like Seattle's defense is awesome, and the Chargers' defense yeah. has gotten a lot better over the past three weeks. I mean, their, their competition has been super stiff, but they did uh, limit the Raiders to ten, Browns to fourteen, Titans to nineteen last week. Again, not like an all-star gauntlet of offenses, but still getting the job done. Uh, Russell Wilson's probably a little bit of a different animal for them, uh, and just if you look at the way Russ played last week, I mean. He blacked out. He, he was playing off his mind. If you just look at ESPN's QBR rating, he got like a 99 out of 100. Uh, yeah, I saw it. It was like 99.8 or something out of 100, which is insane. Yeah, he, he's playing he, he's playing really good ball uh, again, which is not surprising. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think that I, I'm going to roll with the Seahawks just because I think they're probably a little bit better team and they're playing at home. But it, it is kind of amazing that Seattle lost Earl Thomas, and their pass defense really hasn't taken a hit. Uh, Dude, not even just Earl Thomas. They had to replace their entire defense this year. You know, it's rookie contracts and, like, half-injured linebackers. And yeah. they're, you know, borderline number one defense in the NFL. Like, Pete Carroll's coaching job here should be a much bigger story than it is, I think. Yeah, I think we're just we, – we've all been caught laughing too much at Pete Carroll because – Their we, offensive line is getting better, too. Like, the two things that we thought they were going to be the worst at – They've actually been, you know, either great to slightly above average at. Yeah, and, and even even slightly above average for the offensive line is like a massive improvement. Huge for yeah. for where they've been. Uh, so yeah, like, like this Seattle team got a lot better in the offseason just really by by, I guess, getting those guys another year in the system. All this like all these guys in the secondary that they've drafted over the past few years, like Shaquille Griffin, Tedrick Thomas, what have you. Uh, and then uh, Tedrick Thompson, and then just getting rid of Tom Cable and having a competent offensive line coach. Because it's not like Seattle came and revamped the personnel they had. It's the same guys, but they're playing. They're a lot sitting better, on a so. ton of money, like underrated amount of money. And they really, you know, at, after a few years, they haven't been able to make draft picks because they're doing stuff still. Like, uh, what was it, the Sheldon Richardson trade? Didn't they get, didn't they trade like a second round pick for him for like a one year rental and stuff like that? So yeah. it's not like. They have a ton of assets spent into this team. They're just kind of blowing out expectations at this point. And maybe that regresses down the line. Um, this game is going to be big in terms of that because Seattle really hasn't played you know, that talented of a schedule yet. But I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic about Seattle after what I've seen, honestly. Yeah, same for sure. Uh, and he, even that game against the Rams, like they were right there. And they had a chance yeah. to win it. So uh, I, I think their, their three losses were by like 11 points and their four wins were by like 42 Right, so that's where it gets to like, you know, point differential matters a whole lot more than uh, record. You know, in context, moving forward, like Seattle on paper is not a four and three team. They're probably something like you know a five and two team in terms of how talented they played this year. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that when you start looking at some of these potential playoff matchups, like if the season ended today, Seattle at Washington, who would you take in that game? Because I think I would still lean Seattle. Uh, I think I think I would too, just because I know that they can score. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's just a. It, it's it's a. It's it's fun to make fun of Pete Carroll, but he is he is pretty good at his job, uh, even though he is crazy as hell. And I think that this season is, I mean, so far, it, I think it's one of his most impressive seasons so far, especially with the work that they've done on the defensive end. Like this guy is, he's just sure. like a savant when it comes to coaching defensive backs. For sure, I'm going to make someone an optimist scouting write about 
the the Seahawks defense this week, so no one gets to steal that story because that that it should be like one of the biggest deals in football right now is his coaching job because it's legit just rookie contracts and linebackers. Yep, and Frank Clark. Well, but he's on a rookie contract. So. He's on. A, he's still on a rookie contract, yeah. but he's about to get fucking paid. Yep, paid. He's killing it. Paid. Uh, <laughs> All right. Last. Last after. Or did you pick? Uh, yeah. Seattle minus one and a half. All right. Wait. Last afternoon game. Another really good afternoon game. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at New Orleans Saints. The Saints are one point home favorites. The Rams open up as favorites in this game, but it's, money's coming on the Saints. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the Rams, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, because I I don't think okay I don't like okay so we were talking earlier about that Viking Saints game and if you're going to put stock in the Vikings and say you know they were right there and you know those two fluke plays not that I'm a, I want well I guess fluke is a strong term but fumbles are pretty random and pick sixes are pretty random too so. You know, you kind of have to put those into account for the Saints' defense as well and say, you know, if they don't have those plays, they're probably down at, at least 16 to 10 going to the half, maybe even 20 to 10 going to the half. Uh, it's not like this defense is good. They just kind of had two big plays that swing the game for them. And the the Rams have a, a much better offense. I, I mean, the Rams have a much better offense than the Vikings do. So I, I think that they should be able to just kind of run through the Saints defense and it's not like the the Rams defense has been as good as we thought it was going to be this year but I do think it still should be enough in a dome to get this to get this to pull this win out for for them uh I I just I just think the Rams are the better team between these two and I know that people are talking about this as the potential NFC championship game which I mean it very well could be but I still think the Rams are are a step ahead of, of the Saints yeah, and there's no promise that the Saints have even played a playoff team yet this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you look back at their schedule. So they opened up the year, lost by eight to Tampa. Right, not not a good look. Knowing now what Tampa's defense is like and what you know what level of play they're at. Um, week two, they won in Cleveland because of a missed kick. Week three, they won in uh, overtime. Atlanta in overtime. Yep. Week four, they blew out the Giants, who were awful. Everyone knows they're awful. Um, week five, Alex Smith was like had the most Alex Smith game where he could only hit checkdowns. Week seven, they won because of a missed PAT, and then the Minnesota game that realistically, you know, the winner was swung on, you know, one play. Right. So, uh, want to know the absolute hottest take that these numbers uh, churn out with? What? Guess where the Saints rank? Uh, I'm gonna guess eight. The uh the six and one Saints they rank sixteenth. The Saints are sixteenth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a, lo- a lot of the stuff like if there's a regression team right now, it's probably the Saints. I'm not gonna put that on Twitter because I'm gonna get roasted. Um, but yeah, this this team is not probably as good as we think it is. Um, Rams very much as good as we think they are. So interesting game for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Rams. Uh, like I said, I I just think they're the better team. It's not like you have weather or something in in impacting this game. It's just uh, this like the offense should have really no problem running through the Saints defense. I mean, outside of Lattimore, Ken they... Crawley's sweating right now. Like Ken Crawley's sweating. Oh, dude, PJ Williams too. Right now, PJ Williams yeah. is awful too, man. Uh, like neither. Yeah, there, there's a. Play. A very bad defensive, but Saints, please go trade for Patrick Peterson. Go do it. I know you don't have a first-round pick. Just figure it out. Arizona isn't a competent team right now. I'm sure you can get them for, like, a third-rounder. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to roll with the, uh, the Rams there for sure. All righty. Sunday night football. The second time Aaron Rodgers has played uh, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is, like, 35. Tom Brady is, like, 40. Um, the NFL has a scheduling problem. The New England Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Bill Belichick is going to completely erase Devontae Adams in this game. I have no idea what Mike McCarthy's offense is going to look like without Devontae Adams. So, what are your thoughts here? What did you say the spread was again? Six-and-a-half. For the Patriots, yeah. I, I, I don't Actually, I don't know because I, I was I, – I think the, the Rams are a better team than the Patriots. And – 
Well, yeah, they are. It's just kind of, it's just kind of hard to definitively say, yeah, that that team's better than the Patriots. Uh, and it, it's not like that. It's not like they had a, a super tough time playing against. Uh, I forgot who the Patriots are playing against. Oh, I guess the Packers. Yeah, I guess the Packers. So like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, if if the Packers can keep it close with the Rams, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to keep it close with the Patriots. I mean, especially if, if Jared Alexander comes out and plays like he did versus Los Angeles. I mean, that game was just outrageous. Just balling, balling out of his mind. He had like six pack brass barricades or something. Yeah, uh, but I mean, so I'm gonna roll the Packers plus six, but I, I still do think the Patriots are gonna win the game. It's just. That spread seems a little bit high to me. Uh, I, I don't. I feel like the Packers' defense is a little. Is it a little underrated right now, or does it not even matter? Uh, I mean, they're. I think they're firmly in the their average camp. Um, let me check right now. Oh, they are. They're like the most average team. Um, they're three point eight yards above average defensively. They rank twenty second in the league. So. Hmm. I don't know. Is that under or overrated? Depends on what your context of what this defense is. They're they're basically average for the year, though. Yeah, they're fine. I I, I don't know. I, I just still feel like six points is a lot versus Aaron Rodgers, and I, I don't think that the. the to be fair, the uh, no no one in Green Bay respects Mike McCarthy, and it seems very clear at this point where Ty Montgomery is basically saying. Um, Oh, my God. So he, he returned the kick out of the end zone that he shouldn't have returned, and he ended up fumbling, and that cost him the game. But I guess, I, uh, who was it? Mike Silver wrote about it that basically Montgomery was, like, in for the first play of the last legitimate Packers drive, right? And then McCarthy pulled him for what seems to be no reason, right? And he frustrated because Mike McCarthy has no rhyme or reason to his running back rotation. Um basically was like, fuck it. Well, I'm going to show the coach why I need to be on the field, which is basically how, uh, uh, what's his name? Chris and Michael fumbled the ball away uh, against Dallas in the playoff game for that exact same fucking reason. You know, same position, same kick returner, everything. No one, no one respects Mike McCarthy at all. They're just like, I don't even know. Like, they, they're not fearing their jobs or anything because they know nothing in Green Bay is ever going to change as long as Mike McCarthy is there. He should have been fired after 2015. I'm, I fucking hate this team. Yep. Uh, what is my? You you haven't answered me. All right. What does the Packers' offense look like without Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams gets erased off the field by Bill Belichick because that's exactly what he's going to do. What? How? How do the Packers respond? Because I have no idea. Uh, Are they going to run through Randall Cobb? Are they going to run through Aaron Jones? They haven't used Aaron Jones consistently all year. They're going to run through Marquez Valtinskandez and Equinemius St. Brown. Two very real people. Can't confirm they do exist. Those are not fake names as fake as they sound. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. Uh, man, because you're right. If Belichick is able to take away Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones, is he the answer? <laughs> Aaron Jones had like a full quarter where he didn't touch the ball after yeah. doing very well against the Rams. Like Mike McCarthy has no rhyme or reason to any of this. Someone, someone in my mentions was like, he uses a, a twister spinner to decide which running back's going to be in on a given play. No rhyme or reason at all. This is a constant rotation. I think what was it? Aaron Jones scored that touchdown, and then they called it back, and then uh, they put in uh, Jamal Williams in to punch it in. It's just like, why are you even switching running backs there? Yeah, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I just, I, I don't get it at all. He's yeah, awful. yeah, you're right. Uh, but still, I I just even with all that, I just feel like six points is a lot versus Aaron Rodgers, and I don't really have any of that anything besides intuition or you know gut besides, I mean, to tell me any other direction. So I'm a roll. You know who has new guts? Who? Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Mike McCarthy has no. That guts. was a layup for you. God, I fucking hate him. What's the? I have the Patriots game? salt the earth. Uh, the Monday night game is the Tennessee Titans coming off of a bye after the London game against the Dallas Cowboys, who are also coming off of a bye. So these games, these teams had like 15 days to prepare for this, God. and it's just going to be a slop fest. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are six and a half point home favorites. Um, they just, as we were make, as we were doing this podcast on Monday after their bye, they switched their offensive line coach. 
should the Cowboys be favored against six against anybody? Um, maybe, but also like six and a half. So they'd be three and a half point favorites on a neutral field. Why? Is Tennessee worse than Dallas? Uh, no. Tennessee just took it to the Chargers. No, and the thing is, Tennessee's defense is actually pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I I think these. I mean, as far as offense has been a fucking mess, but as far as twenty eighteen defenses go, yeah, I I think they're kind of a push. You know? Yeah, agree. Like it's kind of which like in the context of this line minus six, that that line just seems off. They're kind of like the same team almost, like where the offense underachieves and the defense has some like the defense doesn't have many guys that you can point out and name but they still get the job done it's like to me it when you look at the titans and the, the cowboys it's kind of like the spider-man meme where yo both like they're pointing at each other it's like the same <laughs> team to me so i don't see why the cowboys would be favored by six against the titans team uh do do either of these quarterbacks go for 200 yards that's that's a better question than should the Cowboys be favored by six? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know because <laughs> they've uh, the the total in this game is forty one, which I think oh, is the lowest of this week. Which like forty one in the context of twenty eighteen is like oh god this is a slot fest. Um, to put that into context, the Buffalo Bills, who are starting Derek Anderson, uh, the Patriots Bills game is forty four and a half. What's the other slot fest? Oh, Chicago Buffalo, but they're not they're not the line isn't up yeah. on that. Miami Miami New York Jets is for uh forty five and a half. Yeah. So this game just gonna be some ugly fucking football. Yeah, I mean the Titans plus six is the easy is the easy bet to me here. Uh and I I guess if I had to bet on I, I, I think that who I, I think that Dak might have a better chance of hitting two hundred than Mariota does. Because Amari, yeah, because Amari, and like if they if the Cowboys just put Byron Jones on the on whoever Tennessee's number one target is, I guess Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Uh, who is Mariota supposed to throw to? Like, I don't know. No one's scaring me there. Johnu Smith. Oh, <laughs> or Taywan Taylor, who can't catch a pass to save his <laughs> life, or who just can't, or who can't hold on to the ball after he catches to save his life. Like I don't know. It, it's just damn. We get, this is such a whack Monday night matchup, Titans Cowboys. Uh, but I know the good thing is we can write off whichever team loses this game like completely from the play- playoff race. That's the only bright side of this game. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna roll with the Titans, but like most. I feel like my, like most bottom feeder teams or teams that can't have or teams that can't score the ball, just don't watch this game. Uh, find Not some, worth it. yeah, just find something better to do with Monday night. Uh, you don't need to do some chores. Yeah, do you some chores and watch like the little YouTube highlights that are like five minutes because it might be three minutes in this game, honestly. But yeah, uh, so that's all the games, right? Yes, sir. We're done under an hour. Nice record time on a Monday. On a Monday. We're doing very well. Yeah, it's going to be up on a Tuesday morning because uh, I'm probably just going to uh, edit this during the Bills-Patriots game instead of doing work during the Bills-Patriots game because uh, there's not really much to say, you know? Nope. Nope. Uh, Buffalo Bills football. It's yeah. going to be bad this year. It's probably going to be bad moving forward. Uh, Got to watch the All-22, though. Do you think uh, – let's make a pregame prediction. Does Peterman warm up on the sideline in this game? <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm gonna say. And then after after he warms up, then does McDermott after the game say he doesn't know what he's gonna do about his quarterback change? He needs to watch the all twenty two. Yep, that's exactly what he's gonna do. And it, you know what's funny though is now Bills fans are getting on the joke with McDermott, where every time they have a bad quarterback performance, they just reply to what like if you follow Matthew Fairbarn on Twitter, if you just go into his replies after Bills game when he's at the presser and tweeting out quotes, it's just Bills fans in the mentions saying. Oh, I guess McDermott has to watch the tape again. McDermott has to watch the tape again because that's uh, <laughs> that's all McDermott can really say at this point because you know they suck and uh, there's like you but you can't go out and say that at a press conference. So I, though I wish teams could, you know, like why do you have to? Say, you just got that's the thing about like Gruden, right? Like Gruden plays like he's oblivious, completely oblivious. Gruden knows what he's doing, at least in the context of this. Like I don't think. Like, a lot of the stuff, like the Amari Cooper thing, like when he was traded, he's like, I don't even know if the trade went through. 
Like he knows. Yeah. He just doesn't want. He like he's been on the media side. He just doesn't care about you guys. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, People lie all the time around hot mics. They sure I promise. Do. I would too. Yes, sir. <laughs> gotta protect, <laughs> gotta protect absolutely the, protect the checks over all else. Always. That's how Hugh messed up. But he, I think he was trying to get the buyout, or he's like, I don't even know what our offense is doing. I'm not even watching games. I'm so, <laughs> I'm watching Netflix on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, it means more entertaining than watching Baker Mayfield run for his life every down. All righty, slander portion of the podcast. Let's get this thing over with. Yep. Uh, so that's going to conclude episode 84 of Sydney Edge. We'll be back next week, episode 85, looking at week 10 games. Yeah, the season flew by. But uh, you know the deal. Rate, subscribe on iTunes, all that jazz. Fire McCarthy. Sounds good. Peace.